0: From the heart of the Forest City, focusing on the biggest stories in London, this is the Craig Needles Podcast. Now here's your host, Craig Needles. It's the Craig Needles Podcast and the Friday Roundtable here at Classic rock 981com London News Today, Dossier, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there too, and... For the Friday Roundtable, we are joined here in the studio by former city councilor Hollywood Cheryl Miller, also joined by Steve Holland, the president of CUPE Local 101 and Blackburn Media News Manager.
1: Hi, I've been off council the same amount of years that I was on council.
0: No, did you just realize that? Uh, is yeah, that, just you, you, now you passed it. that this week. There yeah, you go,
1: 13 years, yeah, yeah, there you
0: go. Uh, so yeah, you've uh, despite the fact that you have uh, not been there for 13 years, uh, sometimes the things you say rattle the people that are there, as we've as we've noted on this podcast before. Don't tell anyone that it's, that's trouble. Uh, speaking of what's going on at City Hall, I, I do want to talk about uh, both the priorities of Londoners, which they've done their their survey, which they often do, and uh. Uh, the fact that we're getting into multi-year budget season, which is really coming up as, as soon as we get into the new year, that'll be kind of the, the, the big thing that's going on. So the, the the survey that they've done would tell you that homelessness is, is the top priority for people. That is not shocking. Uh, we have all seen what's going on in this community right now. Uh, Cheryl, they, there's just a lot of priorities there, and there's just no way that everyone's going to be happy unless there's a massive tax increase. And I just don't think that's what's going to happen here.
1: Well, I think I'm a terrible person, but first of all, I think that <laughs> you need to to fix problems. You've got to make money, right? Um, a, a community and taxing people is is base, is is not the right way to do it. So uh, I um, always shy away from saying that these are the problems. I I want to jump into well where's the solution, where's where's the dollars, what are you doing with LEDC, what kind of uh, promotion are you doing to attract jobs and builders into the city? So that's where I'd like the budget to, to look at. But you know, right now, we're so focused on homeless because you see it everywhere, you, you mm-hmm. live it. I drove up Wellington, the one by the, the river is horrible. I mean, it's it's terrible and thank goodness the weather's good. But we're not gonna solve this by housing it it's just not going to be solved by housing. This is a well, that's, huge... Well,
0: that's one of the things we need to do.
1: Well, yeah, but you just can't open a door and put someone in a room. That no. It doesn't work. No. And then we've got a federal government who is absolutely being run um, by... Well, the, the
0: people t- lacking competence in some <sighs> fields. Well, we're going to talk about the federal political situation the a little bit later. The artful dodgers, yeah,
1: Jagmeet and Justin.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit and what Pierre Poli has been up to. But I, 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 I know that it's it's hard to say. Well, this is, these are the priorities, of Londoners, because yeah. everyone's going to have a different opinion. But yeah. at the same time, I know that no Londoners are going to want to see a property tax bill where it goes up by ten or twelve percent, Scott.
2: No, I, I think that kind of figure is really a non-starter. Yeah. What I do find interesting is, is you know, the notion of, of what, what level is going to be acceptable. And I, I think back and Cheryl, of course, your, your history uh, on council you, gives you a, a unique, well, not unique, but a, but a particular perspective on this. I mean, I think back to decades past where budget time where, where it was, don't even think about going over 1%. That's right. You know, and, and the goal was always zero now we're 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 in a situation now where is 5% acceptable if it means you know dealing with some of these issues that that are at the forefront now whereas they were not in the past we're living in a different world now and i i wonder you know what is that figure going to to i always kind of think what what's the figure that's going to cause outrage you know what's yeah. going to what's going to be the figure where people are just going to say Absolutely not, because I think back to those days. The goal was always zero, and it came in 1.5, 2.1. Well, there 9,
0: were there were two years that were zero, yeah. but yeah, there were. There but were, yeah, but
2: you know, in the years where we did have increases mm-hmm. back then, they were small, and even then, you you had there were there were people who said two percent, no damn way. That's right. Now. Mm-hmm you know, you, you have to look at it now and think like 2% is not realistic. Is 5% acceptable? Is 6%? You know, obviously 12 is not. But I'm very curious as to where we're going to come down on this and, and what is going to be the reaction amongst the populace. Are we more forgiving now of, of maybe a, a bigger tax increase than what we've seen in the past? Because we see, like you said, Cheryl, like we see what, you know what the problems are in this city they're obvious to us we, and we can't turn away from them so does that is that going to translate into a more forgiving uh, populace if the budget comes in with a five percent with a six percent yeah that's that's really what I'm really
0: looking forward to finding out that's that's what kind of piques my interest I think that people will understand that hey look a lot of things have become more expensive so that means by extension my property taxes are going to become more expensive. Maybe I'm being naive there and I know not everyone's going to understand that. Steve, do you think there will be some understanding about that in the community? No.
3: No. <laughs> you know, the reality is is, you know, and again we're talking about this, but the other the other big issue is affordability. And and if we jack this up, you're going to see people lose their homes, you know, not be able to eat, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the problem is, is that if that goes up, then rent's going to go up again. And, and, you know, mortgage rates are going to continue to be astronomical. And let's be realistic. Pay for people is not going up in that that kind of range. So if you're going to give me a 10% increase in my, my pay, sure, I'd be more than interested in that. But, you know, we're, we're, we're going to really—if we jack it up too much—we are really going to cause some people some real affordability. And I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm worried for you know people in that position. You know, losing your home. Let's say you're you're a senior and you lose your home because you can't afford it because none of the other rates are going up for you. It, that's just—it's not fair, and it—it it, it really worries me. It really worries me where we're going.
1: I can remember being beaten up for 2.5. I can't believe you. You're spending like a drunken sailor. One fella said to me. I said, first of all, I'm not a sailor, uh, and I wish I was drunk. But th- you know, have a good day. Um, so, the the reality out there is that, there, and, and I don't think people get it. Municipalities have been downloaded. They have been absolutely loaded with federal responsibilities, provincial responsibilities, and we see it. Yeah. And the politicians feel it because uh, we're living it. And the others are in la la land going, what the fuck do we care? The municipality is the one that that are picking yeah. up the money. And, and this it's crap, frustrating right? because
0: this the the taxation system that is by far the most regressive is the one the municipality Absolutely. has to use. Absolutely. It's the worst taxation yep. it's the worst tax we have is property tax.
1: And if when MPAC comes in and sort of looks at reevaluating mm-hmm. your homes, which they're going to Mm-hmm. where's that going to go where's where's that skew going to go you know so double R, double R I, R I I love the fact that council is progressive enough to build you know you still got the NIMBYs and you'll always have those NIMBYs because if you're up north one and you can't have anything um, but they realize we gotta have housing housing generates money ger- generates jobs that's where a lot of the council members are focused, but. The cost of doing all this business is is going to go up. I, I'm I'm looking at a double digit. I, I think that they blew past, as to quote Elizabeth, 4.4 a long time ago. You've got the policing. You've got the fire. You've the got police the, one's a big one. The LTC, LTC is going to come with a big yes. one.
0: You know, uh, Scott Collier was here last week, and he's on the commission. He wasn't speaking on behalf of the commission, but I said to him, look, there's there's probably gonna be some requests from LTC, and he didn't say no, uh, but LTC, if you look at the dollars spent per capita ratio, they're way behind a lot of other comparatively sized transit systems in the province. So, And there's a lot of stories in London like that one. Police is another one. Yeah. We spend less per capita on police
1: than most other places in Ontario. But transit has got a way to deal with it, and they won't. They and won't, that's the fare hike. Yeah, that's go to Western and say, look guys, you're not paying your freight you're not paying your friend right i'm not picking up for western and and when people when i tell them that they think oh no way those kids that fill the bus and i have to wait for two more are subsidizing i'm subsidizing them that's rubbish of course you are and people don't get it so ltc's got to put on their big girl pants and go there and talk to them
0: western is not always easy to deal with with these things don't care
1: I, 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 <laughs> I'm, I'm
0: not saying that you're wrong. Of, course, I think of I I completely agree with you that you've got, but yeah. like, it's, it's going to be a tough nut to crack. I suspect.
1: Well, start cracking yeah. it, though. Yeah. They, have they sat down and put out the nut crackers? No, I don't think the so. Talks have to
3: happen. Yes, yeah. of course they do. You They've can't got bigger it. pockets than the rest of us. You know, help yeah, there's,
1: oh. there's cash there. Sure is. Yeah. Look at the tuitions.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that the priority being homelessness makes sense the thing about that priority is that's not going to get solved no. No. with the city of london budget no, no. no. like it's no. like we we have the the hubs plans no. and and we'll see how that goes over but even if the hubs plans works perfectly there's two hubs there's two hubs two yeah and let's say another one comes online great that um, that we're, we're that's not going to solve the problem it's going to help but it's not gonna solve the problem. So I, I just wonder, Scott, what they can do with a budget that's going to make people feel as though the homelessness thing is being addressed. And the answer may be there's nothing they can do. I don't
2: yeah, and, and, and I think that's a legitimate point. I don't know what more can be done at the municipal level. Right. There's Provincial v- and federal different conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and and I think more needs to be done by those two upper levels of government. But I, I think that again, when we talk about homelessness. It, it, it's a multifaceted issue. It's it, and Cheryl's right. You can't just take a person who who is without a home, push them through the door of a of a home and say, okay,
1: we're you We're good here. We're yep. done.
2: No, there, there's wraparound supports that are required. There's you know, and and let's. You know, let's be honest about about the impact that the opioid crisis has had on on homelessness. So there's that element of it too. There's so much more to this issue than just having a roof over your head. And so the municipality is limited in what what it can do. And and I think to your point, Craig, the hubs are a great start. Um, and and I think in terms of what municipalities can do, that that's excellent. Um, but it's not. It's not the be-all end all, and and there is a limit to what the municipality can do. We need more help from from Queens Park and mm-hmm. from Ottawa. That's that's undeniable. And until we get that help, we we may just be on a treadmill here.
0: Yeah, I would like to see that help sooner rather than later. But I'm not holding my breath for that help. I just I don't know. I'm 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 curious to see how this goes, Cheryl. I'll I'll ask you. Big requests from transit, big requests from police. There's going to be requests from the library board. All the different boards and commissions are going to come in with requests. And I suspect all they're going to be told, go back to the drawing board and see if you can request a little bit less, except for maybe the police.
1: They have no drawing board. <laughs> they have the police act.
0: Yeah, fair enough. They can just say, well, we're doing it." Yeah. Um, is that is that the one that you think is, is going to get through, not just like... Obviously, the police act is part of the conversation there. But do you just think that's the one that most counselors are going to say, yeah, this is fine with? Or or do you think there's going to be some some back and forth on it?
1: Well, it was a blue moon when I saw Nancy Branscombe on the police board vote for the budget. Because when she was on council with me, she never supported the police, never supported the budget. So if that's indicative of what people are thinking about, I think it's probably going to be an easier sell this time than it ever has been.
0: Yeah. And it's one, and we've talked about this in the roundtable before, it's one of those where if you look at what they're paying per capita for police officers in yep. Hamilton and in Kitchener-Waterloo and in Ottawa, and like, it's, it's, it's more.
1: Yeah, I love what this new police chief is doing.
0: Well, I, I will say this. Uh, of I was critical of the hiring process uh, and, and, and thought that uh, they should have gone internal. And I, I spoke with Murray Faulkner, and he kind of felt the same way. And a lot of London police officers to me, I, I felt that you should have gone internal. Me too. However there's been a lot of positivity about what Tai Trong has brought to the table from those, from from some of those same people. Not all of them. I haven't talked to everybody, but from some of those same people, okay, things are things are looking okay here. So yeah. we'll see how it goes. I, I never once said it was a bad hire. I just thought that it sent a, a negative message to not go yeah. internal. Um,
1: and the picture would have been different too because it would have been a female.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. argument was, was always so a little horrible. bit strange to me. Yeah. That, that, that didn't make any sense. But yeah. uh, sometimes you have to just make the argument that you're presented with. Uh I want to talk now about a story that Steve is, is directly involved in, and that was what was talked about at Ludden City Hall uh, in regards to planners and people in the building department working from home or not working from home. And this was kind of a flashpoint uh, a few months ago when and council settled on changing from a 50-50 as far as home and, and office split for, for their employees to more of a four days in, one day out type of thing, which some councillors were not happy with, and, and Steve, I know as the as the president of that union, you were not happy with. Uh, I have a, a few different minds on this story, but I'll, I'll give you the, the the floor first, Steve. Uh, now it's looking as though, and 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 Daryl Newcomb over at CTV did a story on this that. The, the, the simple reality is they just are short people. And that's kind of problem number one here. Well, and I know you're quoted in Daryl's story and you, you spoke to him about it, but what, what was your reaction to all this conversation about should they be working from home and how productive is this going to be? Because it really doesn't get going until March. So what, 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 what what's your take on the story, Steve?
3: So for me, again, this group of, of staff have worked really hard and and really achieved um, a lot of these goals already. And, and my concern is, is that, you know, we're talking about them you know, maybe not necessarily reaching those goals or there's some issues there. I think it's more about processes and that can be worked on. Um, for me, they, the stats show that they have not had full complement. They've been anywhere from 10 to 30 percent down in staffing. There's, you know, if you want more pro- productivity, you need more people in the building if you're that short. You're burning out the people that are there, which is not helpful. And then the reality is, yeah, they are underpaid. And the one thing that they had left that they thought was a good thing, which was getting to work from home, was was taken from them. Yes, it's not in the collective agreement. I get that. But, you know, they did a survey. The survey showed that they, you know, these are the things they want, more money and and a working-from-home environment. So I think that, you know, and the the— managers and higher-ups, they all support this and they they didn't want this to happen. And yet, for some reason, council decided this is what we're going to do. Some of the, you know, thanks and stuff like that, it's great and wonderful that you say thank you for all the hard work you did. But recognize them, you know, and you didn't do that. And so the thanks kind of ring a little hollow and then offering to maybe do a recognition event for them. Again, you give them pizza, I'm sure they're not going to be overly thrilled by a pizza party to say thank you for all your hard work.
0: Yeah, that was not, uh, you know, the staff appreciation was not a great suggestion. That is not going to solve the problem. Uh, Scott, when, when we hear the development industry say, well, we don't, uh, we don't think that things are moving quickly enough there, that's that's all well and good, but if if they're not fully staffed, then what's it matter? Like- yeah,
2: and, and I think that's the bigger issue. Uh, apart from whether they're working in the office or working at home, if you don't have enough people, things aren't going to get done. It doesn't matter who's working where. Exactly, and yeah. and I think that's the greater concern. Is is does does the department have enough people working so that these these uh, applications are giving given approval in a uh, an acceptable time frame? Well, if the answer to that question is no. Well, then address that. The the working from home or working from the office is secondary to that question. So deal with that. Get get if you don't have enough people working in that office or in that department, then get enough people. You know, we're talking about again return on investment. So you're you're taking on a little bit more salary, but you're speeding things along, and that means more investment, more development. Mm -hmm. You know,
0: it seems like kind of a no brainer to me. Right. And, and and that's that's my take on this. I think that there could be a coherent argument for, hey, 50-50 is, is not enough time in office. I, I, I think that that's possible. Uh, but I would like to see the department running at full staff before we make any decisions about who's working where. And I, I just think it's cart before the horse to have the conversation about where everybody's working before you get enough people who are actually in planning there, which might be a complicated conversation we'll get to in a second. Cheryl, what did you think of this? Steve,
1: I have great respect for you. I love what you do for (laughs) your members. I do do appreciate, and it's a tough job. But working from home, this is a bullshit argument uh, because... The reason we started working from home is because of COVID. Right. We shut everything down, so we wanted to keep the momentum going in business. So we said, okay, how be we set it up that you guys can work from home so that we get some stuff done? So COVID is, well, the pandemic or whatever the hell it was, um, is over, and people are sort of trying to be normal. And the working from home is actually is what's killing downtown. There's so many people that are working from home that they don't want to go into to the office. I, I think that that's a red herring, that whole argument. That the, the reality of it is we can't get enough planners. Right. Um, how many times have your kids and any kids, grandkids, gone to a guidance counselor and they said, you know, you should go to university and become a planner? So many people out there don't know what the hell it is. So th- there's got to be a concerted effort by the government federally, I'm sorry, provincially, to ensure that there's guidance counselors that are talking about jobs that are needed in communities. Working for your municipality is a great great job. It's a great job. So A, we need more planners. B, they need more money. If you want to be competitive, cough it up uh, and and pay for them. But I remember when we had a tight ship at Dufferin Street and we actually rented a place on Dundas and that was the planning department where it was a walk-in service and we had it there. Unfortunately, it turned into a bit of a fiefdom, um, so they, uh, they had to bring it back in-house, which is stupid. I think there's all kinds of opportunities with uh, sites in the downtown that we could Set up a, a sub shop. Set up our not sorry sub shop, but uh, but a planning district area that they all can go in. You've got opportunities, so they got to start thinking about not about working from home. It's about paying better, uh, actually being recruited. And when I hear some of the comments from the recruiters, I think, my God, where did you hire these guys? Yeah, Cracker Jack Box, absolute crackerjack box answers
0: the recruit like basically oh. anyone who's doing recruiting to london these days sounds like they have never been to london oh. and that, that that's that's just how it comes off to me as far as well this is what you're going to be able to get in london you can't get in your communities and there's the 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 advertising campaign that LEDC's done in toronto i've tweeted about it a bunch yeah. of times it's just like where they're saying well come to london you can have this or you're not getting it where you are but oftentimes Toronto is in a better spot for these things. Just It just feels as though these campaigns are, are put together with you know marketing buzzwords that don't actually have anything to do with what's going on in London.
1: Well, I remember when we incentivized to bring doctors to London, but with council dollars. Right. So it can be done, and hiring people who haven't a clue to go and recruit for this city is I mean it's beyond the pale. I can't even figure out how the hell they were were hired in the first place. So I think there's I think there's a way to fix it. And and I don't believe it's working from home. I think that that's a red herring and I will always say that. We never had working from home before. We had 2 years with COVID and now it's become the norm and it shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, I'm and that's the thing is is working from home okay, is it not okay? I just feel as though we don't have enough information to make the proper assessment in this case, because if you don't have enough people, it doesn't matter. Like you just, you don't have the info. So so Steve, and I know it's, it's, it's kind of a weird negotiation, but if the city comes to you and says, hey, we've got to start paying planners more. How does QP Local 101 react to that? I'm
3: always going to be open to (laughs) my members. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, okay. Um, That's a weird position for a union, but yes, please continue. (laughs) Yeah. Um,
3: You know, for me, like they they talked about, you know, when they bring these people in that they're willing to go and spend 1.1 million or whatever it was to just do that. Well, why do that? You know, if we're-
0: Try giving the 1.1 million to staff first and then see how it goes. And and again, and and again, maybe you still have to bring everybody back. I don't know, but try giving the 1.1 million to staff first and see what happens again
3: when they did the survey pay was the number one issue Mm -hmm. and and again the stats prove that we have a problem with attraction and we've been losing the good people that we did have to other municipalities so there's a problem there and you need to address it and for me you know again i'm okay starting here but if you're going to do that the reality is probably there's a lot of other jobs within the city that probably should be upped as well because they're underpaid, so this would be something that they would have to look at. And and again, it's, you know, if they were willing to go and pay more, in, in bargaining, I would have always been open to that. If they wanted to give us a twenty percent increase, I'd be okay with that. Obviously, you know, when we talk about budget, maybe that's not as acceptable. But the reality is, it's an issue, and it's hurting. The organization, it's hurting this city, and we need to somehow address it. And I'm always open to people coming to me to talk about it. And that's
1: why I say working from home is a red herring. That's not the issue. That's just a fallout from from COVID. Um, But I I don't disagree with you. London has always been notoriously a great training ground for employees that get snatched up by surrounding communities, and it's snatched up with a net with dollars in it. And that's a simple answer: yeah. pay them more.
3: Well, and you know, and I love you, and <laughs> and but you know, with regards to the the red herring that we're talking about, the previous council was the one that was pushing that, and they wanted to possibly possibly save dollars with maybe not having as many buildings and doing this working from home so that they could save money. So this fun. was council's idea in the first place, yeah. and now you're kind of reneging on it. And, 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 and again, I agree with, with all of you, but I agree with Craig in the sense that we need the bodies in there to see what we can or can't do either way, whatever way we're going to work. But this is a
1: growth build council. Absolutely. We haven't seen one of those for years. And this is what they want. They want planners that you've got. I've One guy I talked to his application is three years, it's three years, and they're still going through it like yeah.
0: come on. and 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 what i'll say to that is this when i hear from downtown london like the, from the business uh, improvement area in the downtown core oh we need workers to come back to the office because we need people to come to our restaurants i've said this I, I truly truly do not care about that that argument means nothing to me however when mike wallace from ldi and jared zafin from the london home Builders association when they send letters to council say look this, this, this could help us out here. That's something I'm yeah. willing to listen on. Well, Absolutely. Course. It's, 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 it's a relevant part of the conversation. Again, I I think that if you said to Mike and said to Jared, Hey, let's try hiring a few more planners. So the department's running at hundred percent first and then see what happens. I think both those guys would say, yeah, let's see, yeah. let's see, let's figure it out. Uh, but if you're asking them right now, are things working? They would tell you no. Yep. So I get that, the, like, they have the,
1: told us no.
0: They have. They have they, yeah. they have. they have. They specifically said this is not working. So I'm. I'm all for changing something. I just think we're. Cha- we're. We're. We're changing the wrong thing first. That would be my take on this. So I I, I hope this gets settled. Uh, I suspect that by March, it probably is just going to be all right. It's going to go to four to one. I hope they've got enough office space to make that work. I I think you're right about what uh, the, the 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 planning that was on. I was at I was actually at that building when it opened. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember I, I remember covering that news conference. Dante's. And I was there when uh, uh, it was it was me and it was Steve Orser and who was the other counselor that went through it when. When Shmuel had bought the building and had rented out to the city, because Shmuel was there too, but I, I remember that, and, and like okay, this sounds like it could be pretty good. I know it went off the rails a little bit, but maybe that's something worth re exploring to see if we could in, uh, increase expedite some of these uh, the some of these things that way. it. Well, uh, and there you go, and 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 now maybe things have changed a little bit in that department. Big time, but and there's I think there's also you could argue some management issues in that department too, as far as okay, if things aren't getting done. I know that the managers are a little short-staffed, but are they this short-staffed? And, and again, I don't know, I've just I've had people say this to me that, that might be the problem, but we'll see. Uh, I wanna talk about one more thing before I wrap up, and that would be the Pierre Polyev's video, which I thought was fascinating in political communications realm uh somewhat less interesting as far as what's going on in in how with housing in canada just because this is all stuff he said before but it was put into a 15 minute documentary well that's what he would call it at the very least a documentary uh and and a lot of stuff was was really good and i thought was very smart uh some stuff i didn't necessarily agree with And mike Moffat and i broke that down on the previous episode of this podcast if you want to listen to that uh, that's a good conversation with mike and i uh Cheryl, this just seems like a, it's an interesting political tool. Millions of people saw this thing, according to the the mm-hmm. X numbers. Is this the sort of thing that's going to make the guy prime minister? I think as long as we're talking about housing and affordability, the, this election's over and he's going to
1: win. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't necessarily uh, fall on the sword that you know that's either a good thing or a bad thing. It's a different way of communicating. Yeah, I can listen to him and I can see it because it's very visual. It's moving. It's it holds your attention anymore when Trudeau gets up to the mic or Jagmeet, I just mute or pass it by. I can't listen <clears throat> to to what they're saying because yeah. they're not talking about the future. They're and, not and, talking about
0: and and why is it like you know why is it that the conservatives cornered this like hey we're you're, we're pricing young people out of housing well, the yeah. conservatives have cornered that market
1: where is the NDP been on this Well they because the NDP don't know what what regular day workers what whatever they have and they whether the they know or
0: don't know it's a matter of like hey typically uh, landlords and bad government policy are putting the screws to young people that's typically your wheelhouse. And you're just letting the pitches pass you by. So I don't know what's going on with that, but uh, they've got to readjust their.
1: They're just treading yeah. water. They're yeah. just they're just trying to keep their jobs, trying to keep the money coming in, um, and they don't give a shit about the rest of us.
0: They do seem rather directionless. Yeah, it's
1: totally.
0: yeah, it's, it's 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 aimless, and you just like so every now and then they have a tweet that's critical of the government. Every now and then they have a tweet that's critical of Pierre Polyev, and, and on the as an example on the replies to the tweets critical of the government. It's typically people saying, "Well, you can feel free to stop supporting them," yeah. and they've kind of painted themselves into this corner where they kind of have to support them. It just—it's—it's—it's it's, it, it, it's not a good situation. Well, I've never
1: seen petitions by members of parliament to get rid of the prime minister. I've never seen that before. Well, yeah, uh, two of them I think going.
0: Yeah. Now, does that matter? No. no. The opposition can say or do whatever they want, but I, I just and the, the polling data would back me up on this. It's very clear that Canadians and their Early, well, the, the entirety of their twenties and their early thirties have are, are are trending towards voting conservative, and I've I've never been able to say that before. Scott, your your thoughts on the the Polyev piece uh, and and what he's put together with it?
2: I, you know, what I I, I think it's one of those things because because at first glance, when it first came out, I thought fifteen minutes because you know we're we're used to thirty second, sixty second, you know, campaign commercials, right? So when you come out with something that's fifteen minutes. Honestly, I uh, will tell on myself a little bit here. My first thought was no one's gonna watch this. It's fifteen minutes long. Yeah, who's, I thought who's, the same gonna, thing. Yeah. who's gonna sit through this? Now we see the, the you know the the view totals. And I think the brilliance of it, you know, regardless of, of whether you agree with, with the content, the brilliance of it is and and you know this, Cheryl, from the number of elections that you've either been running in or or running. Anytime you are setting the agenda, you're winning. And that's what Polyev is doing right now. He is is setting the agenda. He's not allowing. And this has always been the thing that that has killed conservatives is when the liberals are setting the agenda. Because oftentimes that agenda is historically, you know,
1: we're going to give you everything.
2: And, and these guys are going to take away your rights, yeah. you, you LGBTQ community or, or you women Abortion. who yeah. want the right to choose. So as every, every day that Justin Trudeau is not setting the agenda talking about those things and Pierre Polyev is setting the agenda talking about affordability and particularly housing, he's winning and that's the brilliance of this video because it has led to days upon days of people talking about the video and the issues contained in it and they're not talking about the things that Justin Trudeau would prefer they talk about
1: i love the ones he has his wife she does yep. them I, they're so appealing to a woman a yeah, family I, I i think she's amazing and they're a good couple um with with the other two couple that's there the two j's uh are just well, it's breaking. They're my they're heart.
0: in a they're in a bad situation politically. And to me, go. to me, the only way the conservatives don't win the next election, whenever it is, is if they shoot themselves in the foot somehow. that, that that's the only thing. Steve, what do you think of where uh, the where the the conversation surrounding housing and and, and Pierre Polyev's at right now?
3: For me, kind of like you know when Cheryl talks. To be honest, any of the the leaders. I, I just want to press snooze. I don't want to like none of them have really engaged me, including yep. Pierre. Um, I just
0: find it's very. I don't know. I just, no, I, I'm the they, same way. I have no idea how I'd vote in the next election because I don't. There's no one who's talking in a way that I, I, I'm impressed by. Yeah, they don't connect to me, and
3: and for whatever reasons. And you know, like I find, you know, I just find that it's it's really hard. You know, and that, and that's a problem where we talk about engagement and voting. <laughs> you know, if you don't engage people you're you're going to have another poor turnout of of you know people voting and that's that's my worry you know cuz again then you just get whatever you get and we we've seen that in ontario um you know municipal elections you know we we haven't had great turnout for some some of that stuff and and it's just that worries me that if we don't have characters in in you know politics that actually connect with with people, general everyday people, because that's that's the majority of us, and I just don't feel like we're connecting to any of them.
1: No, they they aren't, and they still aren't, and they're not hearing the message that like it's time to have an election. It's time to to start looking at the future, because quite frankly, I know that my grandkids kids or grandkids are still going to be in debt from this government and you know people are not stupid when they look at that because they see their own debt they see the interest rates going up and all of a sudden they go well do we want a turkey this year or, or what, what do we want to do like it, when you have to make decisions at Christmas time whether you have a turkey or not that's, that, that's not Canadian. Do you put lights up? How much we're gonna pay um, on the tax? I mean there's there's all those things, small little things that happen every day to for living in Canada. The country that we immigrated to has I've never ever felt so un Canadian, which as I do now with what's happening between with with Justin and Jagmeet. There is nobody that's talking for me, my family, my kids, my grandkids. It's like they're in their own little world saving their job and that's unfortunate. That's not how you run a government.
0: Well, they've got uh, about 12 <laughs> months yeah. or uh, 24 months rather yeah. to turn around, a little bit less than that. Uh, if there's no election between now and then and I'm getting the feeling that there won't be because he won't. Why? Why would either the Liberals or the NDP want one?
1: Well, if Jagmeet ever got a backbone and voted not with you'd have, yeah, you'd, have, you, you'd one. have one immediately. Yeah, but the but, problem is you can't turn around in a hole.
0: And and further than that, let's just say they decide tomorrow, like, okay, yeah, we don't want to support Liberals anymore. So you pull the plug, and then Polyev wins a massive majority. Then where are you?
1: <laughs> where you should be, well, e- out of politics.
0: Well, yeah, they're both they're both cooked. <laughs> they're, yeah. But the party itself is just is totally. they have they have they don't have a seat at the table now. They have at least a seat at the table, even though no one actually listens to them. Like I, um,
1: the minister of housing when he said the statement he made, we should get everybody who isn't working a house, like come on you know like, uh, the re- like there's no reality
0: there ah, ah, we have all, all sorts of extra houses in Canada right That's, yeah. Yeah, not a problem at all yeah. uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there so thank you very much to Cheryl and, and Steve and, and, and Scott for doing the roundtable with us this week and thank you very much to all of you for listening at londonnewstoday.ca classicrock981.com and wherever you get your podcasts The Craig Needles Podcast is a presentation of the Blackburn Media Podcast Network